We are one church. We love God, love people, love his mission and love his church. Welcome to the One Church Podcast. Hello, welcome to the One Church Podcast. We're so glad you could tune in today and we believe you're going to learn something new and encounter God in these next 23 or so minutes. So today we begin a new teaching series in the life of One Church. And over these next four weeks, we are focusing on hearing God. We believe that all believers can hear God. And we believe that we can all speak out his words to impact others and the world. To begin our series today, we have a message from Simon Breaker, who has spoken in every One Church site this past weekend. Simon and Joe, they're part of One Church and they attend the central site. They walk closely with pastors David and Susan. Simon's the co-founder of Legacy Ministries International, which is a prophetic apostolic ministry dedicated to the practical equipping, training and activation of leaders and churches. And they run events and many other things focusing on the prophetic in Leicester and around the world. So today, as Simon introduces the series about hearing God, be encouraged and be reminded of that core truth. We can all hear God. So open your hearts. And here we go. Hi, I'm Simon Breaker and it is an absolute joy to be with you. My wife and I, Jo, have been coming to the church for nearly 12 months now. So it's a pleasure to have the opportunity to speak to you for the first time and also to open up this massive subject about hearing the voice of the Lord. If you think about it, the book of Genesis what would be in the first chapter? If you were to actually put anything there, do you think it's there deliberately that maybe in what God put in the first chapter of the Bible, there was something that he was wanting to catch us with? And I believe that's the truth. So in the first chapter of the book of Genesis, this phrase happens multiple times. And God said, and God saw, and God saw that it was good. In fact, it's about nine times that God says that. So what could it be that we could grasp just from that one statement. And what I want to say is this, God speaks. God speaks, and when God speaks, good stuff happens. And that's where we want to start. We want to start with the understanding that God wants to speak to us. And over this month, we're going to go into it in more detail. And right now, I'm just going to try and give an overview of it so that you've just got that, if you like, the umbrella picture of, of the voice of the Lord and how we might be able to access the prophetic ministry in our own lives. So let's kick off. So we are going to look at four questions. And these four questions are what, why, who, and how. So we're going to look at those questions in light of, or in the pit backdrop of, the prophetic ministry. So first of all, what? If I was to say to you, what is the purpose of the church? I wonder what your answer would be. You might say, it's to see people saved, or it's to preach the gospel and share the kingdom. It's to heal the sick. It's to set the captives free. Of course, all of those statements are true, but I want to suggest to you that they are a part towards the destination. For example, if you go to the airport and there's a sign that says Madeira, it's not the destination, it's a sign pointing to. So I want to say to you that all of those things are 
points in the journey, but not the destination. So what is the destination? Well, the good news is we don't have to guess. The Bible actually tells us. And if you look in the Bible in Ephesians 3.10, the Apostle Paul tells us directly what God's intention for the church is. And this is what Ephesians 3.10 says. It says, his intent was that now through the church, the multifaceted wisdom of God should be demonstrated to rulers and principalities. So we've just been told, why do we have the church? What's the purpose? It's to reveal the multifaceted wisdom of God. Now, you might hear that and go, what on earth does that mean? Well, the Bible answers that question as well. If you go to the beginning of 1 Corinthians, again, the Apostle Paul makes this statement. We preach Christ, the wisdom of God, and the power of God. So when we're told that the church is to reveal the multifaceted wisdom of God, what we are literally being told is the purpose of the church is to reveal Jesus deep. So actually as a Christian, we're called to reveal Jesus. That's the bottom line. Why do you want to see somebody saved? You want to see somebody come into a relationship with Jesus so that they can testify and reveal the nature character ministry of Jesus to the world to what end to see the kingdom of God established on the earth now the next question you've got to ask in this what is how much how much of Jesus is the church meant to reveal so Ephesians 1 says this and God placed all things under his feet this is speaking about Jesus and appointed him to be head over everything for the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So how much of Jesus is the church to reveal? All of Jesus. So let's for a moment just take the life of Jesus and just put it into two categories and say the character of Jesus and then the ministry of Jesus. So just look at those two things and consider this. How much of the character of Jesus are we to reveal? Are we just to reveal his love and not his mercy? Are we to reveal righteousness and not justice? Obviously, your answer is going to be, well, we're meant to reveal all of him. We're not going to walk around going, well, I'm only meant to reveal God's justice, nothing else. We're meant to be whole round Christians. When it comes to his character, we're generally pretty quick to just accept that. But when it comes to his ministry, what can happen sometimes is we can be a little bit pick and mix. And we can go, well, we believe that part of the ministry of Jesus is meant for my life, but not this. And actually, that's not true. What God wants for us is for us to reveal the fullness of God's ministry or fullness of Jesus's ministry. And it says in Ephesians 4.12 that when he ascended on high, that ministry was divided into five facets. Now we've already looked at some of them, but the facet we're looking at now is the facet, the prophetic. And we're gonna look at that. So why? Do we need to engage with the prophetic? Well, the answer is this, because we're meant to reveal Jesus and Jesus is the model prophet. He's obviously the model pastor, teacher, evangelist, but he's also the model prophet. He is the prophet and we are called to reveal the prophetic aspect of Jesus. It's not a choice. It's really something that we're called to do in obedience to him. So hopefully you're now in the place that you go, right, so I definitely need to do this. So then the second question is this, why? So we've had the what, now the why. Why do we need to be prophetic? What do we mean by being prophetic? So the answer to that 
is revealed right at the beginning of Jesus's ministry when he was in the wilderness, when the devil comes to him and says to him, since you're the son of God, turn this stone into bread. And Jesus's response is this, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now it's important to understand that when Jesus says, word, that word, their word is the Greek word rhema, literally means the living voice. So Jesus basically says this, that we are to draw our life from the living voice. So everything we do, everything we say should come out of communion with Jesus, with God, which is what it means to be prophetic. It means to hear him and it also means to respond in obedience to what he says. A little bit later in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, we're given a little bit more understanding of the why. Follow the way of love, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially literally to a greater measure, the gift of prophecy. So Paul's just gone through 1 Corinthians and he's given all this information about the gifts of the Spirit, but then he puts an emphasis and he says the emphasis is upon prophecy. Why would that be the case? Follow the way of love, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. A number of years ago, I was actually ministering in the city centre of the church in Leicester and uh, just as we were walking out, it was about 11 o'clock at night, we're walking out the door and there were two young girls walking past, it was probably about midnight and let me say they weren't dressed in a way you'd expect to see them at church and, um, and they went, walked past and they said, uh, is this a nightclub? And I said, no, no, it's not a nightclub, it's a, it's a church. And this one young girl, she just dropped her eyes and she said, well, my grandma died. And suddenly she, she just started opening her heart. It wasn't something we asked her to do. She just obviously felt safe to do so. So we invited her into church. And I remember standing with her in the building and she was holding on to the pulpit while we were talking. And God spoke to me. I got a sense of God saying to me, ask her why she dresses the way that she does. And I've got to be honest, there was a bit of me, I thought, I don't really want to do that because I don't actually know. But I took a step of faith and I, I asked her, I said, do you know why you dress the way you do? And there was shame cut on her face and she dropped her eyes and she said, no, not, not really. And in response, the Holy Spirit said to me, so the reason why she dresses the way she does is because she feels she needs to sell herself and she doesn't really value herself for who she is. What happened in that moment? We were able to minister to her. We were able to see the love of God come to her. But what was it that happened? I didn't look at these two young ladies through natural eyes but looked at them through the eyes of Jesus. We cannot love people the way that God loves people if we don't see people the way that God sees them. And this is the reason why we need to understand how to communicate with God, how to catch God's voice and hear God speak to us. So that's the why. We need to be a people that understand that to minister to the world effectively, we need to see people in the world the way that God sees them. So we have looked at what and why. Now what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at who. Because the challenge is, as you've just heard me talk about the fact that God wants to talk and that, you, that we can minister the voice of God to others. But the challenge is, is this, if you're listening and you're thinking, well, yes, this is for 
the special people, this is for the prophets, this is for the really gifted people, then what can happen is in the same way years back when we talked about evangelism, there was a perspective that evangelism was standing on a street corner. Of course, that is an aspect of evangelism, but most people look at that and go, I couldn't do that. If you do that with the prophetic, you're just gonna go, oh, well, this is not for me. So who is it actually for? Who is meant to function in the prophetic? So if I was to say to you right now, put up your hand if you're prophetic, I wonder how many of you would raise your hand. My experience has been on the most part in many churches, probably five, 10 people in a congregation of 100, dependent on obviously on the stream of church. But if I then ask this question, how many of you believe you're called to reveal Jesus? Everybody in the room lifts their hands. That's what prophetic means. It's not some kind of spooky, weird, strange thing. Being prophetic is simply revealing Jesus. And that is what we're called to do. So if you look at Ephesians 4:11, it says this, so Christ himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers to equip God's people for works of service. Now I want you to think about that for a minute. The job of the fivefold ministry is to equip the church to fulfill the ministry of each one. So when you're around a pastor, you'll find yourself wanting to love people. When you get around a teacher, you'll find yourself wanting to go deeper into God's word. When you're around an evangelist, aside of being embarrassed, you'll probably also find yourself with a burden of wanting to reach the lost. When you get around a prophet, what should happen is you should get inspired, motivated and equipped to understand how to hear God's voice and also how to flow with the, with the Spirit, with the gifts of the Spirit and the movement of the Holy Spirit. That is what a prophet does. So if the Bible says it's to equip the saints and we are the saints, that must therefore mean that we have the capacity to step into this. There's a really interesting verse in um, Acts 3.25 that says this, you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with their fathers saying to Abraham, in your offspring shall all families of the earth be blessed. That term there that Peter uses, sons of the prophets, actually refers to a term that's used many times in the Old Testament and you'll find it referred to multiple times in different places where you'll hear the sons of the prophets. And what the sons of the prophets were was a guild. Another way you could say sons would be a guild of prophets or company of prophets. And what they were, were a group of people within the nation of Israel who understood and knew how to minister the voice of the Lord and the people of God would go to them to get the voice of the Lord. But now in the New Testament, we find ourselves in a different place. Whereas in the Old Testament, it was a small company of people. In the New Testament, Peter says, you, you need to take your finger and point it at yourself and say, that means me, that we, the church, are now the company of prophets. And there's this striking image where we see this overlap in scripture. In 1 Samuel 10:5, it says this. This is talking about Saul. As soon as you come to the city, you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place. These are the sons of the prophets. With harps and tambourines and flutes and lyres, 
and they will be prophesying. The Spirit of the Lord will rush upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. So Saul comes into the company of prophets and he gets transformed in the midst. Now listen to this verse in 1 Corinthians 14, 24. But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and brought under judgment of all, as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare, so they fall down and worship, exclaiming, God is in your midst. So in the Old Testament, you have a small company of prophets that Saul comes into. In the New Testament, you have the culture of the church is prophetic. People come into that culture and what happened in a small company of people for Saul is actually meant to be an entire body of people for us. So that's amazing. So that's the who. So God's purpose is for you to learn how to be prophetic and how to flow with God. So that leaves us with that last question, doesn't it? It leaves us with the how. It's all well and good to know it's possible. It's all well and good to know what happens when you do it. It's fantastic when you begin to understand that it's available, but what can happen is it's all well and good knowing something's available, but how do you actually engage with it and how do you step into it? And it's less complicated than we might think. Sometimes the things that can cause us to fail to step into this stuff is it's made super spiritual, super complicated, it's made mystical and, and it almost creates this kind of stigma where it's like this is for the elite group but actually that's not the case. So we know, you will know this verse very well. John 10 27, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them and they follow me. Another translation says, my sheep hear my voice. It doesn't say my sheep might hear my voice, and my sheep could hear my voice, and my sheep should hear my voice. It says my sheep hear my voice. And that word there, hear, literally means to perceive and understand. So God doesn't want to talk to us in code. He doesn't want to talk to us in some kind of confusing thing, but actually is communicating to us constantly. So we need to be in the place where we go, not is God speaking, but we move to the place that we learn how is God speaking. If you look at the root meaning of the word voice, it literally means, or one of the meanings, is language. If you take that statement, suddenly you find yourself in the place that language is much bigger than voice. I remember years ago I was walking out, used to work at Holy Trinity Church, I was walking out of the church and a dear lady stopped me as I was walking out and she said this to me, she said, Simon, I wish I could hear God like you. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, ask her if she ever finds herself in the place that she wants to give gifts and that she gives gifts and then people respond and go, wow, that's just what I needed. And she immediately went, yeah, I do that all the time. I just feel compelled that I'm meant to give a gift. And the Lord said to me, he says, tell her that the way I speak to her is for acts of kindness. And I said to her, so one of the primary ways that God communicates to you is by compelling you to make acts of kindness. And this dear lady, literally in the foyer of the church started sobbing and went, I've been doing that all my life and I didn't realize it was God. See, the thing of it is, is this, the voice of the Lord is familiar and so familiar at times that we miss it because we try, kind of try and make it more spiritual than it needs to be. So we are God's sheep. The other factor in there, we are told in Joel 2 that in the last days, God will pour his spirit on all flesh 
and they will prophesy. So prophecy is a product of you communing with God. What do I mean by prophecy? Prophecy is literally revealing God's heart to other people. And you know as well as I do, sometimes that involves words, sometimes it involves a hug, sometimes it involves a gift, sometimes it involves silence. But the issue is this, coming to that place that you recognize that the voice of God in you is absolutely unique and absolutely stand alone, that nobody else can reveal God like you do. And that's the reason why we need everybody in the church to understand that they have the opportunity to step into it. The last one I wanna say to you is, we need to be in the place that we ask questions and we actually begin to look at situations and talk to God and see what we perceive from God. And sometimes you might just get a memory, you might get a sense, but all of these things begin with baby steps. So first of all, you come to the place that you recognize God is speaking to me. Then you're asking the question, how is God speaking to me? Not is he, but how is he speaking to me? And what that causes you to do is to view your world a little bit differently. And you take God out of the little box that says, if God's gonna speak, it's gonna be for a microphone at the front, or it's gonna be this way or that way. Actually, God might speak through wind and a tree. We need to be much, much wider in our understanding. So we need to be in the place that we live in the reality of these four questions. What, why, who, how. We're called to reveal Jesus. We're called to see people through Jesus's eyes. We are the people that God wants to speak through. And lastly, we need to understand that all of this is going to be by faith. So God bless you. I hope that's given you a little bit of an oversight on just what's possible as a part of your inheritance as a prophetic person who is born of the Spirit. God bless. Thank you, Simon, for that message. Let's be encouraged today and hold on to some of those key truths that Simon shared. And over the next three weeks, we will be looking at how we can hear God through his word, through relationship, and how we can hear God for other people. So let's step into more of the prophetic together and the fullness of who Jesus is. There is so much to be encouraged about in the life of one church at the moment. We have just completed the third of our weekend aways where close to 200 different children, young people and young adults have come together and been impacted in Leicestershire. So we praise God for all he did. And coming up, here's your family news for you. This Friday is the next United Youth event, our final one of the school year. So come and join us at Hungerton Farm if you're between the ages of 11 and 18 for an amazing summer event with fun, with worship, with encounter, with friendships, and we do it together with many other churches. So we'll see you at Hungerton Farm this Friday at 7 p.m. On Saturday, the 1st of July, we're joining with the Redeemed Worship Centre to open their new building as they dedicate and celebrate what God has done, we also celebrate what God has done, allowing us to sell the building in Highfield so quickly and to such a faith-filled and vibrant church who are going to carry on the mission there in the heart of Highfields. So if you want to come and celebrate with us, we'll be there at the building 45 Upper Titchbourne Street in Highfields from 6pm on Saturday and anybody is welcome. 
If you're new to One Church, we'd love you to attend our newcomers evening, where you have the chance to hear the heart of One Church, meet many of the leaders, ask any questions, and hear about how you can get involved and make One Church your home church. These are always such brilliant evenings, so prioritise it. And if you can, be there on Thursday, the 13th of July. And if you want to sign up, get in touch with the office today. And finally, we are running for open hands. Run Leicester is a 10-kilometre run and a half marathon that takes place every year. And we're encouraging people to run this distance and raise money for the work of open hands. We'd love 50 people to get involved, raising around £200 each. That would be £10,000 being used to help those most in need around Leicestershire. If you're interested in doing this run and making a difference, then get in touch today or visit the Open Hands website. And that is your Family News 4. Have a brilliant week. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.